Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Ocean Hills family, good morning. Let's stay in that moment. Oh, come, let us adore him. It brings to mind that passage in Matthew 14 when Peter's invited to get out of the boat to walk on water and, and, and walk towards Jesus. And he takes his eyes off of Jesus. And he looks at the, the wind and the waves, the storm, and he begins to sink. And it just makes me mindful right now of this moment in history. Uh, I want to lead us in a, in a pastoral prayer. Would you bow your head, close your eyes with me in this moment? Let's bring to the Lord all that is overwhelming us, the wind and the waves, the storms, the, the feelings of uncertainty we bring before you, Lord, our fears, the sense of uh, we are not in control or we feel controlled, feelings of anger, bitterness, sadness, Disappointment, oh Lord, those are real for us. Depression uh, is increasing. And so in this moment right here, right now, we take our eyes off of the storm, off of those feelings, and we come back to adoring you. The psalmist says that surely goodness and mercy, unfailing love will pursue us, follow us all the days of our life. Right here, right now, we choose to believe that. We live in the hope, the comfort of that promise that despite all of our circumstances, all that's going on around us, Lord, we choose to soak and dwell in the comfort of your love. So we adore you and we thank you for never giving up on us and for having the whole world in your hands. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, Ocean Hills, at the top of my notes, right before I got up to speak, I wrote this. I just don't know if anything significant can happen in my life, in my marriage, in my family, or in this church, apart from taking risks the risks of conversations, the risks of giving generously and sacrificially. Risk seems to always involve money and relationships when it comes to our spiritual life. In fact, I read this definition. Risk is an action that exposes you to the possibility of loss. The loss could be money, it could be relationships, it could be comforts, but Today, we're, we're looking at this word risk. It's one of the seven catalysts. We're also looking at the word reproduce. We're looking at those two words. Today, we're wrapping up the series, six and seven, those, those R words. We're, we're going after risk and reproduce. So let me start with this quote. We don't have it on the screen, but John Wimber, he's the founder of the Vineyard Church Movement. I had a class 
uh, at Fuller Seminary, Signs and Wonders. I'll never forget that class. But here's what he writes. He says that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Faith is spelled risk. And then Soren Kierkegaard, he said that without risk, faith is impossible. Let me say that again. Without risk, faith is impossible. And we know that the writer to the Hebrews in chapter 11 said, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so you connect faith and risk as we make choices that involve risk. It pleases God. I'm going to throw up on the screen, John Ortberg has a quote, and I want you to, to just soak in this quote. I want us to just have kind of a prolonged moment to allow this quote to get into our hearts. Listen to this. This is going to unnerve some of us. It, at least it should. The decision to grow always involves a choice. Stop. The decision to grow always involves a choice. And what is that choice? He says between risk and comfort. Between risk and comfort. And this means that to be a follower of Jesus, you must, hang on, renounce comfort as the ultimate value of your life. Wow, I read that, I reread that, I hated it. I'm not ready to renounce comfort in my life. And yet, this quote challenges me. Am I willing to take risks for God, for the kingdom of God, for the mission of God? Am I willing to let go of comforts in order to move the mission forward, to take risks that are going to help reach more people with the gospel of Jesus? And I just, again, as I, as I go back to Genesis, and, I, and we just kind of do a survey of the Bible, I don't know that any, if anything significant happened in Scripture without somebody taking a risk, without somebody renouncing their own comfort to take a risk for the kingdom of God. If Abraham doesn't leave the comforts of his family and country, he doesn't become the father of all nations. If Moses doesn't go and confront Pharaoh and say, let my people go, the Israelites remain in Egypt and in slavery. If Esther doesn't go and risk her life by entering the king's court and asking for the king's favor, the Jewish people are not freed. If blind Bartimaeus doesn't shout louder, son of God, have mercy on me. And people are going, be quiet, be quiet. And then he says it again, son of God, have mercy on me. And then Jesus notices him. If he doesn't shout louder, he doesn't get Jesus's attention and he doesn't get healed. What about the friends of the paralytic? If they don't get creative, take a risk and go up on the roof and dig a hole in the roof and interrupt Jesus's sermon, their friend, the paralytic, doesn't receive forgiveness and doesn't experience healing. And what about Peter? If Peter doesn't get out of the boat, he doesn't walk on water. And what about Mary? If Mary isn't willing to risk the suspicion and shame that would hang over her for her life, our Savior isn't born. And then finally, what about Jesus? In his humanity, if Jesus doesn't risk 
rejection and failure, he doesn't go to the cross. He doesn't endure the cross and our sins are not forgiven and we're still separated from God. Risk is faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. I wanna just nudge us, push us, press on us a little deeper. Are we willing to become people who get out of our comfort zone and take more risks? Not for our glory, but for the glory of God, for the movement of the mission of Jesus, that more and more people that feel unloved and invisible will, will know that they're loved and know that they're forgiven, and know that there's a God who's way better than they think. I'm just thinking about my own life, and I could just kind of just like I did with scripture, I look back on my own life and I think, wow, I remember one of the, the, the first risks I took as a young Christian in high school, and it was this, it was, am I willing to give up ice hockey? Because I knew it was actually getting in the way of my faith, of me living a Christ-like life. It, I, it was hard to do both. Am I willing to give this up in order to be all in to follow Jesus? That was a huge risk I had to take. And then when I graduated college, the question was, am I willing to give up my trip around the world, my gap year trip that my father's gonna give me as a graduation present, or am I gonna go live in Mexico City and serve God? That feels risky. And then I had to ask myself, you know, early on in my ministry, am I going to be a pastor that practices what he preaches? Am I going to actually be a sacrificial giver? Am I going to not just say, well, I get paid to do ministry, but actually these are God's resources and I'm going to give proportionately and I'm going to give percentage and I'm going to give sacrificially and faithfully. That felt risky when you're only making $24,000 a year. And, and, and the, the, the list goes on. Am I gonna take the risk to sign up for the LA Marathon and our church to raise money? I've never run a marathon, I can't do that, but am I gonna take a risk, not for me, but for others and for the glory of God? <clears throat> Let me just quickly take you through a list because I think not only do we see it in scripture, not only do you see it in my life, but here's 10 areas you can take a risk as you think about your own life. You might be thinking, well, how, here, where, how? I'm gonna just rip through this list. One is prayer. Some of you've never prayed out loud. You've even told me, oh, I'm not really comfortable. Take a risk and say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean in and I'm gonna pray out loud in a group, maybe for the first time. Some of you've never asked your spouse to pray together. The couples that stay together are the ones that pray together. Say to your spouse, that's a risk. Hey, would you be willing, could we start our day in prayer? Could we end our day in prayer? Another is giving, I just mentioned it. <clears throat> that's an area you can take a risk to start giving regularly or to increase your giving by 1%, by 3%, or to write the biggest check you have ever written because you have the capacity to do it right now because God's blessed you. Another area is forgiveness, dropping the resentment, forgiving that person, that family member, that friend. That's a risk. Number four is leadership. Do I have what it takes? Am I willing to lean in, step in, start a life group, a move group, invite two or three people to join you? Number five is give up something. That's a risk. There's someone or something in you and in your life that you're unwilling to give up. 
because you don't think you can live without him, her, or it. It might be a boyfriend, it might be booze, it might be bitterness, you know what it is, but it's gonna feel risky to give that up. Number six is invite, invite a friend into a spiritual conversation to go for a walk, to join you in the morning, get on the Psalms, praying the Psalms each day. Uh, be part of a group together, watch church online together, become an inviter, that's risky, you might face rejection. Number seven, attempt something big for God. And I mentioned, for some of you, that was running the LA Marathon. What would be something that it would only take God, you're depending on God to come through, but you're gonna step out in faith, take a risk, and see if God comes through. Attempt something big for God. Number eight is have that difficult conversation, that clarifying, difficult conversation that you've been avoiding with a friend, a spouse, a boss, your parents. Or another way to look at that difficult conversation, for you it might be starting a spiritual conversation with somebody that you don't know where they're at spiritually. And it might be just the risk is beginning the conversation. Hey, tell me about your spiritual background. What's your spiritual story? What's your involvement with in, in church? Did you go to church as a kid and begin that and let God's spirit work? Number nine is be transparent and vulnerable. That's risky for all of us. If it doesn't feel risky, maybe there's a different issue there you need to think about. But what does it mean to be transparent and vulnerable? It means to let others in. Let others in to your pain, disappointment, struggles, your real story. And then finally, number 10, multiply and reproduce. That is risky. That's where most, most Christians are willing to do the first nine, but they don't, don't do number 10. They're like, I, I'm, I can do the relational, I can do this, but helping somebody else grow, I feel inadequate, I don't feel qualified, I don't feel, and we make all the excuses, but it's risky. But what if you just keep praying for that person of peace we talked about weeks ago, and then ask someone, hey, you wanna have coffee? And let's, or, or would you be willing to mentor me? Would you be willing to disciple me? Take the risk. What's the worst thing that can happen? They say, I'm too busy. No, I don't like you. I don't know what they're gonna say. I'm, I'm sure they're gonna say, yes, let's do it together. All right, so the question is, what will it be for you? Will it be risk or will it be comfort? Faith is spelled R-I-S-K, risk. Now that leads me to the second point I wanna make about these seven R's. We've done six now, and now we're on the last one, and I just mentioned it, it's reproduce. It's reproduce, it's multiplying your life spiritually into others. It's not about me, it's about me pouring my life and what God has given me and what others have given me and investing in the lives of others. It's called discipleship. Becoming more like Jesus means I make disciples. I'm not just being a disciple, a follower, I am actually participating in helping others grow more like Jesus. Could be kids, could be teenagers, it could be other adults, but it's about becoming like Jesus. It's becoming humble, teachable, loving, generous, a servant who self-initiates and who reproduces our lives by helping others grow. I wanna just share one quick story with you, and it's the story of contrasts. In Israel, you have the Sea of Galilee and you have the Dead Sea. And the Sea of Galilee is in the northern part of Israel. And in Jesus' day, that whole area around the sea was 
filled with thriving villages and cities. And no wonder that the Sea of Galilee was filled with life. It was just filled with life. And then you have the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is, well, it's dead. There is no life. And if you look on a map geographically, the two seas are only 63 miles apart. They're very close to each other. Only 63 miles apart. One is full of life and one is dead. How is it that that could be possible? How could one be full of life and one be dead? Well, here you go. There's one very noticeable distinction or difference between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. The Sea of Galilee, you have water coming in and you have water going out. It's fed from the north and in turn, it feeds into the famous Jordan River to the south. Water comes in, water goes out. The Dead Sea, in contrast, it is only in receive mode. It only receives. It doesn't give out. There's no flow. It takes in, but it doesn't give out. And that's the sea that's called the Dead Sea. Now I want you to pause with me and just let that illustration, that powerful point, speak to your heart. Which sea are you? Are you the Sea of Galilee where you are learning? and then teaching others. You're being blessed and you're being a blessing to others. You're receiving and you're giving. Or are you just learning and receiving, but not flowing and giving out? If you wanna become more like Jesus, become more like the Sea of Galilee. John Ortberg, I'm going back to that quote, the decision to grow always involves a choice between risk and comfort. And this means that to be a follower of Jesus, you must renounce comfort as the ultimate value of your life. And so you gotta take a risk and become the Sea of Galilee. People need your influence in their life. So as a follower of Jesus, could it be that His way is better? Could it be that His way is better? And will you choose to be the Sea of Galilee or the Dead Sea? That's the question I wanna leave you with today. And as we continue to worship with this next song, would you let the words soak over your soul and let your heart be tender and responsive to God's way, because God's ways are better. As we wrap up our gathering this morning, I want you to know from my own heart, it makes me sad when I hear some of you out there are feeling disconnected from the Ocean Hills family and, and maybe even your thought bubble is church is closed, nothing is happening, Satan is winning, and I want you to know nothing is farther from the, the truth. Church is open. Our youth ministry is thriving. There's this grassroots spiritual conversations happening all over this city. Goleta, Santa Barbara, all over the place. Our gut check parents and uh, are having conversations about how do I disciple my kids? We got, I think, close to 30 small groups that are thriving, growing, full of life, relationships. People are connecting around fire pits, around the kitchen table, outside, and I, it just, 
There's plenty of ways to get connected. And if you're feeling disconnected, out of the loop, what's going on? Do they even have a plan? We do have a plan and we're moving forward and we're gonna keep over communicating with you. But if you wanna know what's going on, you have to sign up for our email. Hello at oceanhills.org. Go onto our website, click the link, or just email hello at oceanhills.org. I'm signing up for the e-news. Thank you. God is good. All the time. Star of wonder, star of light, star with royal beauty. Two. Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page on OceanHills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.